Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the fourth season of the Cut to the Race podcast. We've been doing this for four years now, and we are back to kick off the 2024 Formula One World Championship season. I haven't been here for a while. It feels very strange to be back with you guys, but extremely exciting. Um, Abby, I'll start with you. How are you? Happy New Year is what the first thing you said to me, because we haven't spoken (laughs) in so long. I know it's been ages but no I'm good excited for the season ahead good to be back with you guys recording but how's life as a dad Ollie obviously James is now the experienced father on the podcast but you have a newborn from Christmas (laughs) I do yes it is um uh tiring a lot of learning but Overall, it's absolutely fantastic. Thank you for asking, Abby. Uh, wouldn't change anything for the world. Um, but I will ask our experienced dad, how are you doing, James? Um, he's not even one yet, is he? <laughs> no, no, he's uh, just coming up nine months. And, well, we had our first week as just me and him, just father and son week. And it was eventful. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Go on, give me, give me, the, give me the highlight. Okay, oh, well, wow. I'll give you the, the low light. Uh, okay. Sam has heard this. <laughs> I vented to Sam. <laughs> so, repeat, uh, yeah, just for a second airing of this one. It was, it was, generally, he did really well and he slept really well, considering, you know, at that age, a baby needs their mum. Uh, but yeah, one night, he, so he woke up at midnight. I got him back to sleep. Then at half two, Joey, uh, dog for any newer listeners, uh, 
wakes Leo up because he's frantically searching around because he's developed a runny tummy. And now, so I have to take him out. He craps all over the bit of grass in front of our building. Then the poo bag splits as I'm trying to clean it up. And I go back inside. Then Leo wakes back up. Yeah, see, I didn't sleep all night and got a hand covered in shit. So that that was the low light. To be fair, that's not as bad as I was expected. I think I think you can consider it that felt pretty a bad. Success. <laughs> But other than that, James, are you good? Yeah, no, I am good. And uh, yeah, I'm glad you're, you're, well, I'm glad you wouldn't change anything for the world. Indeed, indeed. And Sam, last but not least, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. For starters, I always thought that a Joey was a baby kangaroo. <laughs> uh, but, you know, <laughs> you learn something new every day. A baby kangaroo, Mackenzie. Yeah. Um, and... Um, as the the anti dad, the non dad in the group, I also wouldn't change a thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm yeah, no, I'm, I'm joking. Um, no, no shots fired. At the the young fathers here, uh, they're both doing a an admirable job, and uh, yeah. I'll, um, I'm sure I'll, I'll join you at some point in the next few years, but uh, yeah. Good. Um, what we thought we would do on this show is we would have a recap on some of the biggest stories um, that have blessed F1 during the off-season, have a chat about liveries um, and testing as well, and then do our pre-season predictions. So let's start with the news. I think the biggest news to shock F1 in many years um i almost feel like it's probably the biggest news uh, potentially yeah. ever in, in my yeah. time watching formula one um is this is a good science thing this is not <laughs> valgens and steiner no although i was oh. really shocked by that as well but this is sir lewis hamilton going to ferrari now people have been saying this for years. It was going to happen. You know, it's a rom- it, 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 it's it's a romantic story of a way for for him to finish his career. But I always thought it was you know just 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 an idea. But he's done it. He will be going to Ferrari for the twenty five season. Um, James, as a man who's been watching F one for many many years, um, did you see this one coming? What's your initial reaction? Are you excited? It's a really weird one. No, I, I never thought it would happen. Um, and even when, you know, it all happened so quickly. It was zero to a hundred. Woke up and there were these kind of rumours kicking about. And then and then, literally in the space of kind of 15, 16 hours, it was done. Like, so you almost didn't have time to come to terms with it. And come to terms with it makes it sound like a bereavement. But it's... <laughs> I do have like quite a mix... I do have mixed emotions. Uh, you know, I... Ferrari was always kind of the enemy for me growing up. Like mm. when I got into F1 initially, it was, you know, Schumacher's domination and it was kind of anyone but him would be nice. And then becoming a Lewis fan and it was always Lewis versus Ferrari pretty much one way or another. So it's going to feel very weird. Um, I've come around to Ferrari and, you know, I'm a Shell fan as well. Um, but that that's also a bit, you know, now that that's cool that they're teammates, but now one of them has to lose. Yeah, and one of them is naturally going to be a number one driver and it ain't going to be Charles, is it? Um, So it's, yeah, I I know what you mean. It it took me by complete surprise and obviously having been a... Uh, uh, quite a diehard Lewis Hamilton fan my whole life, hearing that he is going to uh, the red team. It it took me by surprise, but I I think I've got over it. And actually, I'm really excited. I I think F1 needed something big to happen um, 
because it last year was pretty boring um, in terms of domination and this could mix it up. I mean, Sam, um, your thoughts? I think objectively, you're, you're completely right. It's, it's exactly what F1 needed to kind of... It feels like it's rejuvenated and renewed the prospect of the next few seasons somewhat. We were after last year, somewhat limping to 2026. This has provided a bit of a lease of life for next year, even if um, this season is potentially going to be another fairly drab affair at the the front of the grid. So, yeah, I think that objectively um, is really good. You're absolutely right. The, the The romance or the poetry of it is, yeah, it ticks a lot of boxes. It is... The man who is bigger than F1, arguably, and the biggest team in F1 coming together. And I think what it signals is some hope, because we've seen Lewis do this before, moving ahead of regulation change, being able to be part of that development curve and influence things, which we know was part of the... It was a sticking point at Mercedes over the last year. So it kind of breeds a little bit of hope that Ferrari could, if not in 2025, at least attack 2026 as a as an actual genuine challenger, not just a, a de facto front runner. Yeah, and Abby, I'm keen, I'm keen to get your take as our youngest F1 f- youngest F1 fan. You're not the youngest F1 fan. You're our youngest panel member. Um, do you think Hamilton might know something we don't? Because we've spent the past few years slagging off Ferrari, saying what are they doing, making all of these mistakes. Um, is that the team that you want to go to to win your eighth championship? What? What? Why would Lewis have done this? Well, I think, like Sam said, Ferrari is like. F1 history. When you think of Ferrari, a lot of people relate it to Formula One immediately. And as Lewis has said, since speaking about the announcement, when he was younger, he used to dream of driving a Ferrari in F1 and looking up to Schumacher. And I think a lot of Formula One drivers, a lot of racing drivers have that desire to race with Ferrari at one point or another. And Mercedes haven't done well since the new regulations, we know that. And last year, Toto said if that they can't provide a race winning car, a championship winning car for Lewis, then he has like he can look elsewhere. They're not going to stop him. And Lewis has said that he's writing his own story and he felt like it was time to start a new chapter. And he's worked with Vasseur before in Formula 3 and GP2 in his junior career. And the stars just aligned for him. And I do agree with Sam that it has kind of rejuvenated Formula One I think it was getting a bit stagnant and now you've got this prospect of it's the final year of Leclerc and Science it's the final year of Hamilton and Russell and then it's all going to change how will Hamilton fit in at Ferrari I think that team I feel like Ferrari are a jigsaw puzzle that has all the pieces but they can't seem to put them in the right order and then Hamilton can come in and help them figure out how everything works together So I'm actually really excited to see how he's going to perform at Ferrari. But I'm also interested to see how George is going to step up at Mercedes and who's going to fill that seat. Will it be Frederick Vesti? Will it be Kimi Antonelli or someone else? I love the idea of Ron Dennis hearing Lewis say that growing up, he always wanted to drive Ferrari and just being like, that bastard (laughs) the height of the Schumacher McLaren rivalry Hamilton a young Lewis Hamilton's going 
I want to be on the other team. Yeah. <laughs> um, but more crucially, James, this is maybe one for you. Has anyone won a world championship with three different constructors before? Yeah, Fangio. Okay. I think... Has that. anyone done it since Ollie was a boy? <laughs> <laughs> So what, the 60s, 70s? Yeah, um, like, yeah. It, no, I don't, I don't think so. I can't remember. I mean, yeah. Uh, Prost? No, Prost didn't. So, no. 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 So, I mean, there's there's history in that as well. So, mm. kudos to him. Well, yeah, like Abby said, it's going to be uh, an interesting story that develops throughout this year. Who's going to um, join George Russell? I've got my opinion, but that is later on in the show. Um, And yeah, I'm sure we're going to spend the entire season talking about next year. Um, Next on our list is Gunther Steiner leaving Haas. This one also took me by surprise. Um, Initially, it was reported that Steiner... um, lost his job essentially his contract came to an end and that was down to performance issues and um, there's something else coming out at the moment about why it was and it's something to do with sponsors he brought in and he wanted ownership in the team have, have, have you guys read this i i did see that so as we understand it he had bought uh, sorry brought a 20 million dollars i assume a year sponsor to the table and exchange, in exchange of, for that, he wanted shares in the team, which Gene Haas did not want to bequeath him. And that is part of the uh, what precipitated the divorce, as it were. Um, but I think more interestingly is the kind of, it's really divided opinion. Did... Will Haas do better now that Steiner's out of the way or has moved on? Was he holding the team back? Or, and I'm more of this kind of persuasion myself, I feel like he was doing a lot under very, very tight constraints. And so it'll be interesting to see how um, the team progresses and moves forward from here. Also, what Steiner will do next. But clearly, the model that they employed that worked in 2016 is no longer fit for purpose and Gene has, hasn't wanted to evolve and change that. And that's really kind of what's holding them back at this stage. So they're going to have to break free of that and and address that and have a new way of thinking. Otherwise, they're just going to stick, stay basically stay where they are. Yeah, see, I, I was surprised by this. And you can understand, right, that it's poor performance, that it's been for a long time, something's got to change. But they haven't brought in anyone new. <laughs> They've promoted within. Um, and also, the, the the popularity of Gunther Steiner and the amount of interest that brought to Haas, that's like losing potentially someone more popular than the driver. In fact, I would say Gunther Steiner is more popular than their driver lineup just on his own. Um Abby, do you think it's a loss for Formula One? I know that he's coming back, though, isn't he? Not to a team role, but... As a pundit. Um, So he will be in the Formula One paddock. Um, We might not see him as much. And I do think it is a loss for F1 because... He was such a character, even not just on Drive to Survive, but when he was interviewed by Sky and just generally in the world of F1. Steiner was such a character and it is going to be a loss with Komatsu coming in. He worked in the engineering department of Haas, so they have promoted from within, like you said. But Gene Haas seems to think that's the way forward because then they'll have engineering fundamentally at the heart of their management and their team. 
Haas haven't yeah. done very well, really, at all. He said they've done over 160 races and they've never had a podium. I know he's not blaming the Steiner, but it it kind of feels like there is a bit of blame on Steiner not being able to progress the team. But again, like you said, Sam, Steiner is working with, or was working, with such tight constraints that there isn't necessarily enough room for them to improve and move forward in the respect that Gene Haas would want. So I, I was very shocked. And I am quite sad because, like I said, he was definitely a character in F1. I think the thing that's adding more pressure to them as well is obviously the the ever hovering shadow of Andretti. And you think there's this this, you know, so well established Formula E championship winning amongst many other series, but you know, one closer to, to F1 entity waiting just so desperate for a spot and you've got Haas just going through the motions and I think it, it's drawing more eyes on them rather than them just being the also rams you know obviously we've had Williams fill that role and others in the past including Haas but I think with with that it when it feels like they're not really even giving it their all it's just you know it's a, it, it's two advertising boards going around a track pretty slowly for Gene Haas for his <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's he's right though. Isn't he? he is, like, he, he's right, and I've never heard like, anyone quite say it so bluntly. But it, it is right. It's exactly what it is. But like, it's 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 go time. Strap up. Let's you know. Let's go. Like it's and they are. If you're going to do it, do it. That's one of the things I I, I live by, and I has are doing it, but they're not really doing it. They're they're half arsing it, and. Yeah, it's harsh, but James is absolutely spot on that when there are teams that want to be in the sport who for all you know, for everything we can tell, would give it more than Haas apparently seemed to be giving it, um, that that causes a problem, that causes a riff. Yep, I agree. Um, and let's move on to our final piece of big news, um, which we have to tread a little carefully on. Um, but this is Christian Horner under investigation internally at Red Bull. Um, who wants to, who wants to take this one and tread carefully? Because uh, I'm not very good at doing that. I think Sam. I'm going to throw it to Sam. Sam, why is Christian Horner under investigation? What on earth made you think that I can tread carefully? Because <laughs> um, <laughs> before we started recording and we were planning it, Sam said, we have to legally be very careful about this. So I thought, all right, he's thought about it. <laughs> um, so there have been allegations made by a member of Red Bull staff um, of uh, transgressive behaviour. So these are allegations against Christian Horner. What we understand, or we believe we know at this point, is that this was something that came out or was known about internally towards the end of last year. There was potentially a settlement um, offered, which has been refused as far as we know. There's been an internal investigation ongoing with Red Bull. We understand that there are two parties, the pro-Horners and the ones that would like him to leave. He hasn't stepped aside at this point. He was in Bahrain for testing. He'll be there for the race, for the race um, next weekend, and or this weekend rather. And we're expecting to hear more about the outcome of the internal investigation in the next couple of days. And yeah, it's, in terms of opinions, the, you know, obviously if he was going to step aside, he would have done so by now. So I think the next move will be if a hand is forced. Um, 
and also yeah it's basically been run by is it the telegraph in the netherlands has been behind a lot of the reporting yeah eric van Heren as well who is yeah a, a mouthpiece for the Verstappens, basically and yes he's breaking everything exactly which is obviously uh stoking the flame of uh verstappen jos verstappen specifically discontent um with red bull and the way things are going um people are you know people are reporting that Max is viciously loyal to his father, and therefore that is causing problems as well. So there's, it's, it's a lot of, he says, she said at this stage, uh, I mean, in terms of what's being reported, I'm not talking about the allegations. They obviously need to be treated with the utmost severity um, because, yeah, there's a, a due process that needs to take place there. So we will find out the outcome shortly. And yeah, um, that's that's the long and the short of it, really. So I, I think at this stage, or we, we we don't know what's happened. I don't think we'll really ever know what happened because um, there's a lot of money involved with these things to keep people quiet. Um, but worst case scenario, um, Christian Horner leaves Red Bull, um, and best case scenario, I mean for Christian Horner, this is is it gets swept on the carpet and no one ever really knows what happened. But I think. This is obviously quite serious, um, with the worst case being that Christian Horner leaves Red Bull Racing, which would be um, a big blow for them, I would have thought. So um, it'll be interesting. I don't think there's too much more to say on on this at this stage, um, unless any of you uh, want to say something. Well, you know, you you say it would be a blow to Red Bull. It would be, I mean... Horner is Red Bull. He is Red Bull. He yeah. has been there since the very start. And yeah. uh, when Sam and I chatted about this at one point, he made a comparison to Ferguson, Sir Alex Ferguson, leaving Man United. And I mean, obviously, Man United existed long before Sir Alex <laughs> Ferguson was there. But yeah. it was the dynasty, wasn't it? That That's the thing. He And you can't imagine it after. And, and it is such an upheaval for when you have something like that, uh, that kind of dynasty and you see it often in football and um, yeah, less often in F1, it's, I think it's it's normally more kind of transitional, isn't it? Like Frank Williams kind of slowly stepping aside as he got older or, you know, but yeah, it's, it's hard to imagine them without Horner. Uh, I mean, people have hypothesized who could step into that role. I think that they would most likely split it up uh, a bit. (sighs) And also F1 teams, or at least a strong F1 team, is surely designed somewhat like the Hydra in terms of you chop the head off and the next one, you know, takes its place. You've, in theory, they can take Horner out of the equation and that shouldn't completely dismantle the operation. But he is obviously a very influential character. So, yeah. I, we're just going to have to wait and see, really, I think. It's almost impossible to kind of hypothesise. Well, one question I do have. You said the discontent of Jos Verstappen with Red Bull. What, what, uh, can you explain what, what he's what he's unhappy about? Because his son's winning everything at the moment. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I honestly have no idea. <laughs> There's clearly I've never even some, seen a rumour about what it could be. That's the fascinating tensions. thing. Yeah. Everyone is saying like, oh yeah, clearly Jos wants Horner gone. And then no one has any idea. There's never even been like a sniff of a, maybe it's because of this. Because obviously it was a record-breakingly good season <laughs> yeah. and yeah, has been for a while. It. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure I understand that one. But uh, we'll keep you updated if we if we hear any, any rumblings or rumours. But um, yeah, Christian Horner. Abby, any final thoughts? On, on Horner? 
I don't think so. I think you guys have said it all. We'll just have to wait and see what the outcome is, whether he will stay in his role as team principal or will be leaving Red Bull in the next few days. Okay, well, we are going to take a short pause and then on the other side, we are going to talk liveries. Okay, so we have now seen all of the F1 cars for the 2024 season. Of course, they're going to change throughout the season, probably even for this weekend. Um, But initially, what I want to know, guys, is what's your favourite, what's your worst? And Sam, you've done a... Um, your, your your yearly piece uh, on our website um, and yep. ranked all the liveries uh, in order of how much you like them. Um, talk to me. So which one did you like the least and which one was your favourite? And we'll, we'll go around the table. Okay, so so ranked from rank to, to not rank. Um, my, <laughs> my least favourite, and Ollie, your uh, little timer in the corner is triggering me somewhat because it's black and lime green. Um, well, not lime green, fluorescent green. My least favourite is the steak, kick, salber, whatever you want to call it. I think they were on the right lines with the concept, but I think it hasn't been executed in the way that it could have been. I think if they'd leaned more towards the flow green and less towards the um, exposed carbon, I think it would have looked nicer. And also a couple of the patterns um, I didn't like. I don't like the engine box, the kind of vertical, diagonal, uh, vertical, horizontal, vertical line. I think it looks boxy, doesn't really work. Um, But yeah, check out my piece if you want to learn more about my opinions on that. Um, In terms of my favourite car, the McLaren. I think losing the blue works. The blue was far too light the last couple of years. it reminds me of the orange arrows of the early 2000s and also the um, Chevron design is a nice um, tribute to the Marlboro McLarens of days gone by. Okay, now the the kick, um, and I'm calling it kick because I'm not going to call it the other name, but the kick F1 team car. Um, a lot of people... Salba's like, fine. <laughs> so, yeah, Salba. Yeah, let's go with Salba. I meant the other one. Um, <laughs> um, a lot of people love it. Uh, I, I'm going to say, spoiler alert, I'm with Sam. I, I, I don't like it. Yes, we haven't seen an F1 car like it before that I can think of, but um, no, I'm not a fan. Hey, look, a lot of people vote differently to me in general elections. I don't have, <laughs> <laughs> you know, me and lots of people don't see eye to eye on lots of things, so I'm not that surprised. Well, so are you saying if, if Boris Johnson had come out in like a, a neon green suit, that might have... Well, actually, no, that, that would be you voting no, he would have for him. It. Well, all of the politics, I'm I'm not going to assume yeah. who you did or didn't vote for. Uh, I will, I will just continue to uh, in some way segue into, uh, yeah. No, I, I also agree. And I think the thing that most disappoints me about the kick, and I would probably, in terms of like missed potential, I, will, I would put it bottom as well. It's, it's just, they could have done something great. Like you say, the, I can't remember a, a team really using that color. I think high viz green can look great. And it's, it's just, yeah, it's just the way they've utilized it has made it look crap. And like, and the overalls are crap as well. And it's just like, and the steak logo and sorry for saying the, the, they who must the be gambling. Not, they yeah. must not be named. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's all just crap and it could have been great. Like, I feel like they were, there were some great uh, concept designs kicking about as well. And yeah, it's a real disappointment. Mm. So so who's your favourite, James? That's my favourite, yeah. It's 
I've been struggling to, to pick a favourite. I've got a few. Like, I think the Ferrari was really nice, but I think uh, it is a bit... I can't not see the McDonald's. I think if it were like a deeper red <laughs> and the yellow... <laughs> oh, really? No, you, okay. you just ruined it for me. Sorry. Like, I... You clearly haven't read my piece, Dolly. <laughs> oh, I looked at the pictures. <laughs> God, you are a father of a young child, aren't you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think if it were a deeper red and the yellow were gold, I think it could have been like... That would have been really, really... Probably my number one. The... Uh, the McLaren I like. Uh, I don't think it's quite number one for me. And the Say it. the Mercedes, Say it. I also no. am a little bit torn on because they did exactly what I wanted them to do. I spoke to Sam like the day before the, the launch. I was like, I love it. I'd love it if they did like a fade in a half silver and half black. But I, I need to see it in a race scenario to Reveal totally decide. Reveal our truth, James. Reveal our truth. But you know what I love? The, yes. the Alpine the bloody yes. Alpine the internet hates it and I think that's just because they went carbon in isolation it is a great looking car and I will mm. die on that hill <laughs> okay Bravo. I didn't expect that. With, with the Mercedes, I, I'm oh, so... Captain, Mon Capitan. <laughs> I'm, I'm so torn with the Mercedes because it's it's fine from like the sort of front side angle but from the side angle, it looks black. From the front, it looks silver. And yeah. I'm just getting, I'm just a bit confused about it at the moment. So. It's the Hass effect. Yeah, exactly. I was going to mm. say, same as last year. It looks like two different cars. And yeah. from the, the specific, like, the, the, the one you get on the official, like, release from the top diagonal angle, it looks yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. But you don't see that often. <laughs> no, no. And that's the one I'm looking at now, which just suddenly made me think, oh, I do like it again. But when it, when during testing, I didn't like it. So, yeah, it's not going to be normal. One I mean, me. check out the photo I've just sent all of you. It's of the Mercedes. Okay. We all pull out our phones. Yes, no, but it's 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 the Mercedes looking not very good from the end. Yeah, 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 exactly. That that's what, that's weird. why I don't like it. it so this yeah. what Sam has sent for the listener here is um a front top down is the only way I could describe it. So you can't <laughs> actually see any black. Apart from also, the they need to they need to sort out the numbers because that they're invisible. You know what I miss? <laughs> I miss invisible. I miss the fluorescent green sixty three from last year. And yet you don't like the steak. No, I'm a complex man, James. I'm a complex man. Okay, right. So uh, James has thrown us all off um, with his uh, Alpine. Um, Abby, uh, worst favourite? I'm exactly the same as Sam. My worst is Kick Sauber C44, whatever you want to call it. Um, I just don't like it. I'm not a big fan of the green and I didn't like how it looked on track in testing. I might change my view when it comes to the race, but I doubt it. Um, And McLaren's my favourite. I think it's a very attractive car. Last year, I said that the MCL 60 was like a deluxe paint colour chart. The MCL 38 is not. It looks very sleek and I really like it as a McLaren fan. I think they've done a great improvement on it. But they'll probably do loads of special liveries, which might ruin it later on. But yeah, it's never going to look like that. No, <laughs> just so I like it, it for this year. short amount of time, and then it will change. But yeah, be interesting to see the comparison of the the car on, on launch and on the final race because they are never never even close. But um, yeah, I'm torn between the kick Sauber being the worst, and no one said it, but I'm going to. 
the Visa Cash App Red Bull V Carb. Yes. See, it was meant to be a throwback to Toro Rosso, but it it hasn't worked, in my opinion. It it, it doesn't look nice. The no. Chrome and the white. Uh, Sam and I take on bridge with. They kind of clash. <laughs> What yeah. I will concede is it looks better on track than it does in the renders. Mm. But James is right. It doesn't quite work. And not to you know, kind of bring it all the way back to flow green, but if they'd used cash app green as the accent is instead of red, I think it could have really worked. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. By the way, what are we calling this team? What have we... Yes, <laughs> right, that's, that is well, what I was actually, about to say. <laughs> Ollie, not to, you know, actually have a meeting in during the podcast, but I've been meaning to message you to say, I think we should run with this, just RB. That seems to be what, yeah. see, what the general consensus is. But that ruins awful. my note-taking, because exactly. I used to write Red Bull in shorthand as RB, RB, but now I can't do RB for Red Bull, because it means RB as in Visa Cash App. So it's, it's really confusing all me. the time. Social yeah. media and internet forums, it's a nightmare. Mm. But like, so right, and this is what is, I've been debating. I, I initially wanted to call them Minardi out of spite because it's such a bad name. Uh, I know Sam did a piece on whether it is or isn't a bad name. I I think it's the worst name of all time in it. Yeah, Everyone read it. my writing. I'm on, I'm just, <laughs> Sam just puts it out there. Like, you just read his controversial thoughts. Uh, yeah, that, that is another hill I'll die on. Uh, but so I want to call it Minardi out of spite so as to give no mention to the the branding, be it Red Bull or the all the sponsors. Then yeah, then it came out looking like a Toro Rosso and I was like, should I call it a Toro Rosso? Toro Rosso. But then I saw what? Sorry, go on. Okay. But then I saw, and I would love to say that I came up with this, but I saw on Reddit, someone said what they'll be calling it, and it is what I will be calling it henceforth on the podcast and in like general life and it is r2b2 and i think it works on numerous levels because <laughs> they are the second red bull team whether they like to call themselves sister or not they had that star wars livery back in the day the red bull so that's it for me it's the r2b2s i don't think like that will roll off the tongue i, I will just say oh, unlike d2 v, 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 v carb's got a ring to it man i'm, I'm just but you know no, it sounds like some sort of health supplement v carb <laughs> It does. Yeah, Omega um, three. But that's Let's what the call car's it. called. Omega three. Done. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you that that is my least favourite car. I, I've, I've decided it. And reminding me how much the name annoys me has has, has, has cemented the fact that I don't. Oh, like Ollie, the car have really. I got the? Have I got the? Have I got a piece of writing for you? <laughs> um, as long as it's got pictures, mate. Um, and my favourite is. The Ferrari. I'm going to ignore what James said about McDonald's. I think it looks really nice. And I'm getting ready to be a Ferrari fan next year, so... Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> what, oh, yes, that's what it was. I mean, so me and James were comparing our, our gripes with the Ferrari. And to me, the double stripe looks very Lonsdale. Wow, that's a throwback. Yeah. <laughs> Abby, do you know, know what they mean? So much so that I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I was just about to say, you know what? I was going to say, when you mentioned Star Wars, James, that Abby wasn't even alive when The Phantom Menace came out. But I can't believe you don't know what Lonzo is. And, I mean, Abby grew up in Essex. Essex was probably 90% (laughs) Lonsdale, right? (laughs) If Abby asks her dad, whom I know. Can you explain what it is? 
It's a brand it's of clothing. A, it's a, yeah, oh, it's a that. sports. <laughs> oh my God. She suddenly went really Essex. Oh, oh, oh no. Ricky! <laughs> the tracksuit's out of the wash. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, no, I've had a bit. Well, I haven't God, had a bit. I've seen it before. Yeah. God, that was. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be so much louder than that the is the podcast. loudest abby has ever been on this podcast like genuinely she's never it before superb superb oh. all right well i'm amazed no one's have we even mentioned the house no uh i think that's a pretty ugly car as well i think it's fine personally <laughs> it's yeah um red bull is the same car as it always is um yeah have we played spot the difference with it yes the um the the design of the the <laughs> Sam is no. now doing some sort of um <laughs> weird like kind of you know the robot um, I think. no the uh, the engine cover the Mercedes inspired engine cover oh uh, yeah makes I mean, the, the Red Bull logo look yeah. silly mm. that's the only difference as far as I can tell it doesn't look quite as good on that car as it did last year's mm. um, other Will- than that the Williams looks a lot like last year doesn't it some it's subtle nice. improvements mm-hmm. but yeah. Okay. I've forgotten yeah. all the other teams on the grid. <laughs> <laughs> Aston Martin is oh, uh, yeah, just an yeah, Aston yeah. Martin. Yeah. yeah. Um, their um, oil sponsor seems to have got a bit more prominent on the car. That's all I Yeah, which is say. a shame. Yeah. It's on the front rather than the back of the rear wing, isn't it? God. Which means that you've got that greeny blue clashing with the yeah. British racing green. Yeah, they've got it on the, fr- so. the front wing, uh, the side pods and the rear wing. So you can't miss that one. Ollie, Ollie's a victim of the Seb Vettel effect. He's become a father and has <laughs> become incredibly principled overnight. <laughs> he... He won't mention <laughs> gambling sponsorship or oil companies by or name. Oil companies, no. Uh, yeah, well, Sam, I hadn't noticed, but now you pointed it out. <laughs> but I could talk about my protein on the side of the Williams. You know, that's a that's a thing. Um, well, you right. know, you are bulking, not sulking. So, <laughs> all right, um, okay, right. We are going to move into a quick discussion about what we saw in testing. So, who watched it? I watched some of it. It's, you know, broadly the same thing for three days. Yeah. But Abby, Abby, to be fair, before we started recording, was like, yeah, it's very long. And I was like, well, <laughs> it doesn't feel very long compared to how long it used to be, yeah, to yeah. be fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like a podcast. It Like, you just kind of have it on in the background. Well, yeah, that's what I did. And then and most of it, when the day where I actually had put time aside to watch it, um, I was watching men look at the curbs um for hours on yeah. end and that really annoyed me because i'd said right i'm watching testing today um to my wife who who then took the baby out of the house so i could sit and watch it and the whole afternoon was cancelled um so <laughs> why, i was really you have to take poppy out of the house because you have to concentrate during testing don't you to try and work oh, out right. what's actually happening see to, to be fair on the it being like a podcast i actually think it's almost the f1 commentators at their best because you you stick them in a booth for you know two three hours at a time and yeah. you just allow them to talk and I really really enjoyed that because you learn more about them you learn more just the stuff you don't have time to learn or understand for, as a fan during a session you get yeah some really nice tidbits some some anecdotes and, yeah some stories I think for that alone yeah it's something you have on the back and 
have on in the background. If something major happens, you'll hear it from what they're talking about. Um, but as actually, we've just talked about testing the concept uh, as opposed to actually what happened, what testing, happened yeah. um, <laughs> for like three minutes. Um, so the, the long and short of it is Haas were like, you know what, we're not actually going to try and be quick. We're just going to try and work on long race pace, which is obviously has been their downfall of late. Um, of a similar ilk, um, Ferrari have also struggled um, with long run pace over the last couple of years. They looked a lot better um, in the tyre simulation uh, long runs. So that's interesting because we know that over one lap, they've had pretty good pace generally in this current generation. Um, as for Red Bull, looking, yeah, Max Verstappen has looked as ominous as always. Um, so yeah, Max Verstappen looked particularly ominous um, as as always. Sergio Perez less so, but that's not to be surprised. Uh, that's not surprising. Um the McLaren, Aston, and Mercedes are going to be more difficult to unpick. The really, really interesting points, though, are how good the RB is looking versus how not good the Alpine is potentially looking. And just a couple of thoughts on this from me. Alpine have often not really tried to look particularly flashy or quick during testing. So I think it's easy to read more into that than is maybe uh, there. Also, the RB, they are on the trajectory they started last year. We know they're taking more parts from Red Bull, and I could talk about this all day because you know there's some contradictions coming out of that camp. But as they're taking those parts from Red Bull, which they are allowed to do as per the regulations, and they did at the back end of last season, we saw them shoot up the order. That will continue. So I don't think it's surprising that they are looking pretty promising at this point of the season. Most importantly, it's looking pretty good for my uh, my prediction. I mean, we'll get on to our predictions, but in your, again, another Sam Coop special, his uh, Formula Nerds team predictions, because that was my hot take was RB or R2B2. I've already abandoned my own my own principles about what I'm going to call that team. Uh, finishing above LB. dad. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it will. I think it will happen. Mm. I think, I mean, Alpine, and again, don't kick me out of your country, but like, it's just. <laughs> James, it's so ironically addressing I the think French Home Office. You would have been yeah. kicked out of France by now if there were. Uh, if they were listening. <laughs> if yeah. they were listening. They'll be like, this English guy thinks that his dog is a kangaroo. Mental. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it wasn't that funny. <laughs> Anyway, gone. Yeah, no, I, I just I think that will be the case. I think they will jump above Alpine. I mean, some of the, you know, the the guesswork of those in the paddock have had Alpine as low as ninth in the pecking order. As you say, they don't tend to do any kind of glory runs or yeah, uh, anything to try and look good. But it, when you have that many people saying they look like they're struggling, then they usually are. Mm. But there's there's also loads of sandbagging going on during testing. Uh, people aren't showing really what they have. Um, and we've seen so many years where your favourite in testing turns out to be absolutely rubbish when it comes to the first round. Um, it does... Uh, I'm still not sure if I like having the testing in Bahrain and the first race in Bahrain. It feels like a very long uh, practice session, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I don't... Yeah, it, 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 it's not right. Take it back to Barcelona. Why did they even move it? Money. Yeah, I think it was. I think <laughs> it was money. Um, but they're. I mean, the the season opener is moving, isn't it? It's going back to Oz. 
which is great news. Yes. Another piece that we didn't mention in our news section because it is fairly minor, but it's one that made me very happy, which is rare these days when it comes to calendar updates. <laughs> I'm going to shatter your um, optimism and let you know that it will be going back to Bahrain at some point because that's in their contract. I'll take it. It's going to be split between the two of them over the next decade or so. Okay. Um, One thing that I noticed during testing was a lot of talk as if Sergio Perez is already being replaced. Um, It was all about who's going to be in his seat. And that has been a lot of talk, um, well, for a year, over a year. Um, Do we think there's going to be a mid-season swap with Perez? I don't think, you know, it's really in the margin, isn't it? Uh, It's, I don't want to go one way or the other on this one. I'm going to sit squarely on the fence, uncomfortably on the fence. He looks like he's struggling earlier than normal, though, I would say. like again, (laughs) struggling in testing, that's pretty early, isn't it? Yeah, he normally starts the season okay, and obviously he's helped by being the king of the streets, even if we contest that. That's such an over-egg I know, I know. But, you know, he he is good at Baku. Like, streets or not, he is genuinely good around Baku it's always early in the season and then yeah anyway point being well it's in September this year (laughs) (laughs) yeah well yeah and that that could make things even worse you might not even you might not even get there but it's I don't know it's just every even Red Bull themselves were kind of saying yeah you know Checo's struggling at the moment with the the way the car is and Max is saying like it does even more what I want it to you know when that that first day when it ended with max 1.1 seconds clear, it was very much just, just like, uh, GG boys see in 2025. Like internally, I was just like, I was already expecting it, but it was still like a gut punch. I, I, I know what you mean. We, we, just that hope all winter that all winter, that something we, unexpected. Will happen, we, like somehow they, they might just, have a rubbish car um and then they came out with a zero pod and we were like oh maybe they've got too ambitious they've cl- <laughs> you know too close to the sun no they're, they're exactly the right distance from the sun i'm with jos verstappen i'm furious i <laughs> i you know what maybe jos verstappen is just a a huge lover of competition he just goes you know what i just want it to be close and this is not close you know mm. this is too much and that's why he's unhappy yeah, I mean, Abby, did you did you hope for difference, or did you expect what, what happened? I did expect it, but I did hope for something different because I think, it, like James said, Verstappen was one point one seconds quicker than the rest of the field on day one, and he was one point five seconds faster than his fastest time last year in preseason testing. So it just doesn't bode well. Um, but I like. How Ferrari performed. They did have some issues, obviously, flashbacks to Vegas. Um, Not the way you want to start a season before the first practice session. Um, But they topped day two and day three. So I feel like there is a little bit of hope for the field to be a little bit closer. But Red Bull's Red Bull. So, yeah. Didn't Zhou Guan Yu top one of the sessions last year? Or one of the days last year? Hmm. Uh, there was someone who we weren't expecting yes. to. Mm. Sorry to again dampen expectations there, Abby. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so sure <laughs> we're going to see we that translate. Hope. <laughs> we can yes. have optimism and then be crushed by it. Okay. Yeah. Well, we won't be British without it. So. No. <laughs> 
Well, we are going to take a short pause and then we're going to put all of what we've just discussed into action and give our 2024 season predictions. Okay, so I've got a couple of categories for you guys, okay? And we're going to go around the table. Um, Similar to what we did last year, apart from, as Sam um, mocked me for at the start, rookie of the season. And and he said, why isn't rookie of the season in there? I said, because there aren't any rookies. You had me. Um, So, first, I'll start with Abby. We'll go to Sam and then James. Um, What will be the biggest talking point of the 2024 season? Abby, ladies first. Who will replace Hamilton at Mercedes. I think because of the F2 field that we have this year as well, with Kimi Antonelli being a Mercedes junior, I think a lot of eyes will be on how the F1 grid performs, but how the Mercedes juniors perform and who will take his place at Mercedes. And you don't think it could be an experienced driver because you've you've not put that in the mix. It couldn't be Sebastian Vettel or... Alonso, even though Alonso is saying he's not going to go. I think it could, but I feel like it will either be Vesti or Antonelli because Mercedes seem to have so much faith in Antonelli and he's had an impressive junior career so far, but he skipped Formula 3, gone straight to F2. He may not perform that well in F2, who knows, but I have a feeling he's going to be very impressive and all eyes will be on him. Okay, all right. So who's going to replace Hamilton? Interesting. Um, Sam, you are next. What is going to be the biggest talking point? Well, I was going to say that, but I, I, I genuinely think we're just going to go, we're just going to all be sitting in a room with no doors and no windows, just banging our heads against the wall, talking about how Lewis Hamilton's going to Ferrari next year. And that is basically what the next 12 months are going to be. It's going, to, well, Lewis next year, Ferrari next year, no, 2025, yeah, yeah. Um, other than that, maybe potentially who the um, first driver to um, beat Max Verstappen in a race might be, <laughs> because I think it could be a while. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what we're going to talk about. Who it could be? Yeah. Who it could be? James. Yeah, you guys are kind of trodden all over my point. I was just going to say the 2025 season. Is this like as we mentioned earlier? I think Sorry. it was already feeling like a couple of years of oh god it's going to be the same isn't it until the reset and then yeah now with so many changes coming next year it does it's made this season feel more like a moot point in general because it's just going to be almost certainly another max domination and everyone is just going to focus on what could happen next year so but i would say in terms of what could happen this year i think it will be perez I think he will continue to underperform and it will be, yeah. is he going to make it to the end of the season? I mm. think that will be the, the yeah. And of course, I totally agree with Mercedes. If they don't sign anyone, which I doubt they will announce anything until at the very earliest, like second half of the season, summer break maybe. Mm. Uh, yeah, that that will be a big talking point. I'll be amazed if it's Vesti, just for the record. I don't... Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Antonelli, if he comes in and like does a, a Leclerc slash, you know, Maybe not. Yeah, like totally dominant rookie season could maybe, but yeah. But I think him him missing F three or just skipping F three is maybe a differentiator there. But it'll be fascinating to see how many people just panic if he doesn't have a particularly impressive Bahrain. Um, yeah, but I I think you're absolutely right. In another piece that I wrote, um, I was saying how I feel that the driver 
market will stagnate because Mercedes hold the key and they're mm. going to take their time to make this decision. And that is going to hold everything else up. So I think it could be a while before we start seeing movements outside of the rebel family. Mm. Okay. So to James, in my notes, I've written... Um, Actually, it looks a bit blunt when I've written it. The biggest talking point of this season will be, when will Perez be replaced? Um, so it's just going to be, will it be next week? Will it be the one after? How long can Red Bull uh, continue this? Um, I can't see an incredible return to form. Um, I don't. I, not that I think he's a bad driver. You know, he's had an incredible career. But I think once you get stuck where he is now stuck, uh, it getting out of that is almost it's impossible. the drive isn't it and that's i think what uh i think it was dc famously said you, you don't get slower you just you you stop wanting to be as fast or it was something like that mm. but the point being like you just get old and that extra you know that extra one percent that makes you great rather than good they're getting up earlier they're doing the training the when yeah and you know he's he's surely had there'll be maybe like a, a Bottas-esque, if he gets a win through whatever reason early in the season, he could maybe have a, a good couple of races, but mm. it's inevitably going to be Max again. And then where do you go from there? Yeah. Like, it's, you, it's you get who just does it as a hobby, mm. but yeah, like, yeah, for the most part. And he also it's, it's, said he didn't want to be doing 24 races a year. Um, he's being beaten down every week by everyone. Um, yeah. How much of that can you take before you just say... Pfft sod that or you get sacked <laughs> it's one or the other isn't it um okay we're going to move on to the next one now this 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 one is usually more exciting but i don't think it is going to be um, Should we do the next two in two words everyone uh three words yeah three words. yeah so um guys who do you think will win the world drivers championship this season abby Verstappen. You you just can't bet against Adrian Newey and the cars that he can create for Red Bull and Verstappen being in it. I think he will have a fight for race wins and podiums, potentially, but he's just going to win the championship again. Yeah, OK. Um, Sam? Carlos Sainz Jr. <laughs> I hope you all got the Harry Potter reference there. Um yeah, Carl Sainz. <laughs> I didn't until you said it. Sorry, do, do you want to give, give some justification for this? Yeah, no, yeah. In... Like, if I'd been just said Max and then moved on, we'd have been like, yeah, kind. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but no, Sam is going to just drop the name and be like, here's something about Harry Potter. Next. The, the man who we know is losing his seat next year. Um, you think he's going to be the world champion. Why? Um, because um, cos- Cosmic uh, whatever exists. No, it doesn't. Um I think that um, I thought it would be a funny answer to be honest. I don't think I'd get this much scrutiny. Um, <laughs> no, I, I like the idea that he would win a championship whilst being replaced and that the Ferrari would be competitive and that actually he'd still be able to edge um, Charles Leclerc over a season. Um a little bit like Damon Hill when he won his championship, knowing that he was being replaced mm. uh, for 1997. Yeah. Okay, uh, I look forward to talking about this next year with you. Um, uh, James, who, who do you think? I'd like to change my previous answer. I think the biggest talking talking point throughout the season will be Sam's answer to that question. Because <laughs> Watching Sam's journey to world champion. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm going to be like... <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? No, it, it's going to be max. I, I do have a little hope that they could be... If Ferrari genuinely have sorted out their race pace, then maybe... Maybe 
we'll get more than just the one win from outside Red Bull because that was it. You know, they, they, and who, they take a who, number of poles. Who Charles won that Claire. race? Charles Leclerc is going to maybe win a couple of races. Um, yeah, I think that could make a big difference, even if it's just like, you know, when you get to a weekend and you go, oh, actually, maybe Ferrari are the, you know, not maybe they're the strongest car this weekend. Or the ones where Red Bull didn't quite nail it, they need to actually, you know, they don't need to have the perfect weekend now to have a, a standing chance of getting on the podium. Um, so, but yeah. <laughs> Short answer, Max Verstappen is going to win the World Championship. Yeah, I mean, normally <clears throat> we have a few different answers here. I mean, other than Sam, thank God Sam's here. Um, but yeah, I've also written uh, Max Verstappen to be the World Drivers Champion. God, um, can you be my dad as well? <laughs> um, right, moving on. Um, should be another quick one. World Constructors Champion, Abby, who do you think it's going to be? By the way, I, I, I was just looking at my notes for last year. I wrote Ferrari were going to win it last year. Oh, how mm. wrong I was. Um, you also said that Logan Sargent would be the worst rookie, uh, and you look like an idiot now. And the biggest surprise would be how bad McLaren were. Yeah, I know. Not, I not to out there. all your awful <laughs> predictions. That's next, why I didn't next year, Ollie's going to take away, he's going <laughs> to backspace all of his actual predictions and yeah. just get the categories. I will. Um, Abby, World Constructors Champion. Well, I think Vasseur will now be starting to make his mark at Ferrari as team principal. And I think Ferrari will be... Oh my God, you're actually going Ferrari? <laughs> no. Hang on. Um, I think <laughs> From Ferrari... the man who just said science. <laughs> exactly. I think Ferrari will be second. I think... I know I had said Mercedes for Sam's Formula Nerds prediction piece, but I've moved away from that as well. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to driver pairings because if a team has two very strong drivers that can score a lot of points, then they're ultimately, you would think, logically going to be higher than a team that has one strong driver. No, and you're wrong, because Max, Max Verstappen can win on his own. We, we know that. Exactly. But I think 24 races. Personally, Verstappen will win enough races early in the season to have a big enough lead that Red Bull will then have a head start against everybody else. And whilst the others will make gains, it's because they have more to gain and more to develop. So ultimately, Red Bull and then Ferrari and then Mercedes and then McLaren, RB, <laughs> Aston, Williams, Alpine, Kicksalver, Haas. All right, well, I've only written who I think is going to RB ahead of Aston, interesting. Yeah. Mm. Okay, Sam? Ferrari. I saw that one coming. <laughs> and he's walked off. And he can't gone. drop his mic, so he's just walked out the room. Yeah, you should just hit the mic stand or something. Okay. All right. Uh, James. Uh, Red Bull. Move on. Yeah. Uh, I've also written Red Bull. Okay. Um, who will be the best driver on the grid and the worst driver on the grid? Abby. Mm. Best, Max Verstappen. <laughs> yeah. Worst. I think one of the Haas drivers, I feel like Haas is just going to be the worst team overall, and I feel like their drivers will. But struggle. are we going top and bottom of the standings here, or performance? Uh, I think I, that's a more interesting conversation. Yeah, so I, I've always read this as performance. So who's going to just nail it um, and have an incredible performance? I mean, yeah, maybe Max. Um, but who's going to be spinning? Who's going to be, you know, if it rains in the wall? Um, you know, who's really going to make a, a dog's dinner of it, is the way I've answered this. Oh, okay. see, now I've got to think. Mm. 
You are on the clock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> There are know. thousands of people listening, Abby, waiting for you to speak. I think, I don't you think you can it call it straight away. I think you can call it after the first race. I know Logan struggled in testing. He spun a couple of times, but I don't just want to say Logan because he's the least experienced on the grid at the moment. Um, but yeah. And you'll be looking like Ollie a year from now if you do. <laughs> okay, so you, you've you gone with Logan anyway. Have you, Abby? Well, yeah, you guys need to no, it's a sergeant. There you go. Okay. Sam? Uh, well, obviously, I've already answered the, the, the best driver of the year will be Carl Sainz. Um, as for worst, uh, no, genuinely, I think best driver, Fernando Alonso. Um, worst driver, Joe Guanyu. Okay. Any, any reason for him? You, you don't think he's... I think that um, Fernando is going to be very motivated uh, this year, as always. I think he is talking a good game in the media. Um, he's saying, no, I'm totally committed to the Aston Martin project. While simultaneously going, but I am the only world champion who is still available for next year. So he's uh, <laughs> he's definitely hedging his bets. Um so I think Fernando will be, yeah, another strong year. I think he'll continue to defy age. Uh, and Joe, I think he is, um, I think he had a decent, he came in a, a better, a higher level than I think people anticipated. However, I don't see his ceiling being as high as others in the um, Sauber Academy. Um, and also I think that the, that the um, future world champion Carlos Sainz may move and take his seat uh, for 2025. So, yeah, there's a couple okay. of reasons there. Okay. All right. Uh, James, best and worst. Yeah, I was considering Joe as well, just because I think he knows that this is probably his last his last dance. So he might start taking more risks. He's been a very steady set of hands and he's, you know, not been too far off Bottas for the most part. He's made very few mistakes. He's been solid. And I think honestly better than most people expected him to be. But I think at this point it's, it's all or nothing. He needs to either, if he beats Bottas, he can maybe knock on someone's door and go like, I beat Bottas, you know, like Lewis Hamilton did. Do you want to give me a seat next year? If he's the same as he has been the last two years, he's gone. So I think he'll, he'll be all or nothing and he could end up taking more risks and making more mistakes. Beats Bottas, Basso Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've gone. Um, oh, we've had some interesting references. Uh, best on the grid. I, I, I just, I think Max is the best driver in F1 at the moment. So I've, I've gone Max. He, you can't fault him. He doesn't make mistakes. Um, worst, I wrote Sergeant, but Sam's made me feel bad, uh, and so has Abby <laughs> by by saying that we basically we pick on him. Oh, that's how I feel like I'm coming across. So I've changed my mind, um, and I've gone for Stroll because Stroll had a pretty bad season. It, it, it sort of came back towards the end, but I feel like this is his final year in F1 um, unless um, there's a miracle and I think he knows it and therefore I don't think his head's going to be in the game and I think his dad is going to be on him all the time and that's going to cause lots of mistakes so that's why I, Stroll I was actually going to say I was considering Stroll as well yeah mm. for those reasons basically I think yeah we saw he, he had he'd fallen into this like malaise last year of just like he didn't look like, look like he wanted to be there and yeah I, I think I could agree that he could get and that would tie into Sam's Alonso was the best because you know it, you, you're only compared to your teammate really directly yeah. mm. that's always something to factor in 
I like how Ollie was like, no, we're too harsh about our sergeant, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on the the other guy that gets picked on a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we even did a whole episode on on Stroll uh, when he was be, really struggling last year. But in we, my we defense, even thought I wasn't there. You weren't there, but you knew about it and you represent Formula Nerd. Um, and oh, oh, we actually oh, thought he was gonna leave Formula One for a career in tennis. That's how dire it was last year. You know, that was a genuine um, conversation. Um, Abby. Can I change my answer to Stroll? Because I kind of forgot about him and I was thinking about which driver to choose. Gosh. <laughs> Ollie, you can, you can does that mean you want to change your slogan, Sergeant? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll swap it. No, I'm sticking with Stroll. The BBC um, School of Impartiality. And the final prediction for this show. Which drivers will leave and who will join at the end of the season? Well, for, for next year, essentially. So who, who will leave at the end of the year or during it? Um... And who who will come on board? Um, Abby, you are first. Well, see, my biggest shock of the season was that Verstappen will have a different teammate by July 1st. So, based on that, Perez is out. And I think Lawson will come in and join F1. I think we could see potentially one of the hash drivers or both of the Haas drivers leave with Oliver Behrman, who is a reserve for Haas and Ferrari this year, make the move from F2 into F1. And as you guys touched on earlier, I think Joe could depart the grid and Terry Porcher, depending on how his super formula career goes. Zane Maloney has signed with Sauber as well, but I don't think he'll move up to F1 quite yet. So I think it will be Porcher if Joe does go. Okay. So again, Abby's not thinking about people coming back, potentially. Potentially. I, 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 I'm on to this rumour, by the way. I'll, I'll get to it. Um, Sam, who do you think will even join? I think we will have um, a more um, revolving door of a year, um, or at the end of the year at least. I think Behrman, um, maybe Porcher, depending. I think that's a lot depending on the Carlos side situation. But I think Behrman will go to the Haas in replace of Kevin Magnussen. I think Kimi Antonelli will go to Williams in replace of Logan Sargent. And if Porchette does join the grid, it'll be with Kick Sauber. But that depends. Um, and yeah, as for leaving, uh, else uh, the other drivers leaving, uh, that'll be Joe Guanyu, uh, as well as Sargent and Magnussen. Okay. All right. And uh, James? I, I'd just be treading over old ground. I pretty much agree with what you guys have said, particularly, <clears throat> particularly what Sam just said. Like pretty much word for word, it was what I was thinking. Um, there's not much to add to it, to be honest. It would be fascinating though to see it all play out. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Perez will go. Uh, I can't remember if Sam did you include him in your. Uh, no, actually, yeah. Um, to s- s- add on to you and Abby's thinking, I think Lawson will come in at um, yeah. RB and Perez will take a year out, um, which may uh, last longer than that. Be a hacker and sabbatical, yeah. yeah. But it'll be nice compared to this year where literally nothing changed. Mm. Um, I think science will take a sabbatical. Um, and I've also written, here we go, Vettel oh, Mercedes. Me. Oh, here we go. Vettel to Mercedes, surely. 
Now, <coughs> if that happens, you'll try and gloat, but I have a voice note to Sam on the day of the Lewis announcement that I will <laughs> forward to you. Because I was like, oh, maybe, maybe they'll go for Seb. Uh, I don't, I don't think he'll come back i think a one year a one-year contract with mercedes right um whilst it makes sense like german their affairs seb's german mercedes is i know it's based in the uk but it's german um it's it's there's just some romance to it i i think seb back for a year at mercedes then they'll sort themselves out for seb in a mercedes and lewis in a ferrari is cursed as all hell <laughs> that is so weird that is uh, if that were to happen can you imagine like wrong. coming to someone in 2017 18 and saying that would happen in six years <laughs> like okay but, i mean that's 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 a hot take in itself ollie do you want to submit that as your hot take as well um yeah okay yeah well yeah okay that's my hot take uh for the 24 season um thanks sam um and abby what is your hot take for the 24 season. I mean, Sam's is that Sykes is going to win the world championship. Um, we know it's hot take. Yeah, that's hotter than my actual hot take, to be fair. <laughs> um, but Abby, whilst Sam thinks about maybe using that as his hot take. Um, either Verstappen's teammate come 1st of July will be one that hasn't started, uh, that didn't start in Bahrain, or Andrea Kimi Antonelli will start an F1 race in a Williams this year. Oof. This year, this year, wow! And it's not. It Wait, could be it, that one I, of them gets replaced, or if Mercedes might loan them him or loan him to Williams if Albon or Sergeant is ill, if he has the required super license. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Started. When does he he, he he has the license points, but he's not old enough, is he? You have to be I mean, eighteen. Oh, it, he'll turn eighteen at the end of the year. Uh, Max was seventeen. Max was seventeen when he started. Yeah, it. and they changed it because of Max. Yeah, yeah. The, there is now a law saying you have to be 18 because oh. Max made a mockery of the sport. <laughs> Didn't have a driving license. Continues to do so yeah. to this day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. It's August the 25th. He will turn 18. So, yeah, he could do a few at the end. Okay. After the summer break. Okay. So, the, the Abby had quite a few hot takes there. Um, <laughs> all rolls into one nicely. All, yeah, it did. Hot, um, hot take with a bold top. Is Sam going to go with Sites uh, winning the World Championship? No. Um... If the rumours coming out of Alpine are to be believed, or at least the rumours coming out of the paddock about Alpine are to be believed, a certain Esteban Ocon's management team are going to be pushing like hell for him to go to Mercedes. Even for just a year, I think we will see Esteban Ocon in the Mercedes in 2025. It's that a hot take for this season? <laughs> I guess that it would be announced. Well, yeah, he was signed for Mercedes. Yeah, he was signed yeah, for Mercedes okay, this year. Okay. I've got to be honest. If that happens, I feel like that is a bit of a. It's just a holding pattern, isn't it? it, it, it you can't imagine. Well, they'd be holding it for Antonelli in theory, wouldn't they? Yeah, because you can't. I can't yeah, see Ocon as a world universe. championship driver, winning driver for Mercedes. It just he's been here for too long. Yes, he's a good driver, but he's not outstanding yeah but he is also um he is i mean he was joking the other day that technically he's still mercedes junior obviously he's um total wolf is part of his management team and i think if you're an f1 driver who's in a midfield car or even a car that's slipped out of the midfield uh, from the bottom of the midfield if you're given an opportunity for a year in a potentially race winning car 
and bear in mind, Ocon fluke won a race. I, d- I don't think you turn that down. I think you go, you, you know what? I can seize an opportunity here. Yeah. Even if I'm with Mercedes for just a year, I don't know what might come downstream from that. Oh, yeah. From Ocon's point of view, hell yeah. <laughs> and exactly. That's the, that's the best thing that could ever happen. Whether Toto Wolf feels the same, I don't know. In terms of performance, I think you you could easily have him as a solid number two like mm. in his skill. Like, don't forget how he, he held his own against... Uh, Alonso for a and Sergio years. Perez, who, as we know, is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> no, he beat Perez pretty much. Like he was better than Perez, I would say, and he was twenty at that time. I, I think Ocon Spa. is underrated overall, um, but I think his sorry, yeah. sorry, Jake. I think his character though doesn't lend itself to being a number two. He's he's a bit fiery, you know. The whole thing with Max, famously, um, I don't know if he'd fall into the the wingman role. Um, but anyway, so that's not my hot take. Uh, I mean, yeah, my my shock or my hot take, I can't remember which way round they were in Sam's piece. One was that people would, Piastri would underwhelm because, you know, everyone has decided he's a future world champion. So I could go with that. I also said the RBL peen thing. That's looking like less of a hot take now as much as a, you know, <laughs> victim of my own success in, in that prediction. Now it looks like it's not a hot take at all. I'll tell you what, I'll go for a couple of RB, R2B2 podiums at some point this year. Who for? Yeah, I was about to say who for. Do I have to specify? One each. I don't, I don't care. Right, I think right. they're pretty evenly balanced, to be honest. Danny Rick and Sonoda. Yeah, fair. Okay. All right. Well, that brings us um, to the end of this show. It is the first race of the year this weekend. Don't forget it's on Saturday. So if you're turning the TV on Sunday, there ain't going to be any racing. So make sure you tune into that. And we will be back with the Bahrain Grand Prix review. And will we have a new winner? Will there be some excitement? We can only hope. But until then, Abby, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's been a fun episode to record. It has, and it's it's nice to see you again. Happy New Year. Um, Sam, thank you. Thanks very much. I've, I've missed you guys greatly, and I'm looking forward to a Carlos Sainz win and to be insufferable for an hour on the next podcast. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I'll take that. I, I'll spend an hour with you gloating about it if Max doesn't win the first race of the year. Um, yeah. And James, thank you. Yeah, I would also take that. Thank you very much. It's great to be back and uh, looking forward to much more. Okay, until then, we will see you next time. Thank you for listening and goodbye. You're listening to the Cut to the Race podcast. It's lights out and away we go. Sports Social Podcast Network.